You are listening to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. This is Kara, your host, and I am so glad you're here. Before we get into this episode, I want you to know that Pathway to Peace, which is a group coaching program, is currently available to join. This program is built on three main pillars. First, coaching. It's the real powerhouse. It's what I do. It's what I love. Second, community. And if you've been around for a little bit more than a minute, you know how I feel about community and the power that it has to heal and change your life. And lastly, I have a library of content filled with resources, with modules, with lessons. We go way deeper than I can go in on the podcast. And these are available to you in a way that you can consume them in your busy life. This program would be a good fit for you if you've stabilized past the point of initial diagnosis and find yourself spending a little bit more than you'd like to in overwhelm. And you can't imagine how, given all the things in your life, you can have any sort of peace ever again. Through the program, you will gain the gift of acceptance. You will do the work to recover your spark. You'll leave the program with the tools and the confidence that you have what you need to have joy and peace part of your life once again. So it's time to change it up. I know you've been saying yes to everybody, especially serving with all your heart and everything you have to your child. Now it's time to say yes to you. Find the link in the show notes to get more information and for next steps. Hi, I'm Kara, life coach, wife, and mom to four incredible and unique children. It wasn't all that long ago that my son received a diagnosis that had my world come crashing down. I lacked the ability to see past the circumstances, which felt impossible, and the dreams I once had for my life and family felt destroyed. Fast forward past many years of surviving and not at all thriving, And you'll see a mom who trusts that she can handle anything that comes her way and has access to the power and confidence that once felt so lacking. I created the Special Needs Mom podcast to create connection and community with moms who find themselves feeling trapped and with no one who really understands. My intention is to spark the flare of possibility in your own life and rekindle your ability to dream. This isn't a podcast about your special needs child. This is a podcast about you. If you are a mom who feels anxious, alone, or stuck, then you are in the right place. Welcome. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. As I'm recording this episode, I am deep in vacation preparation mode, and I have been for a little bit. And so I, today, this is funny, I was procrastinating all day long about recording this podcast. And it was kind of a good kind of procrastination because I got a ton of stuff done that I wanted to do. It was actually on my to-do list, but it's like I was doing everything else before this. And so here we are. I'm finally here. One of the things I often do when I'm trying to focus is I will put music on and I will chew gum. I don't know. It just helps me get in like this focus, I guess. And I went through three, not packs, but three sticks of gum. Normally I'm good at one, but I just kind of kept having to restart myself. So 
here we are. We're going to talk about getting away, vacationing, but more specifically, we're going to talk about addressing some of the major gaps that happen or that are leading to us not enjoying time with our family and or being really resentful or upset because things don't go how we think they should or how we wish they would. And you know what? Let's be honest. Managing our children's disabilities on vacation can be tricky. For a family like ours, for instance, we have four kids with four different abilities and desires. And so that's a lot that's a lot of needs and desires to manage. So what I want to put in your mind is that this conversation that we're going to have today is really about putting you in a good space. So this is for you first. And yes, it's going to directly impact and benefit your child. I have no doubt about that. But really, it's starting with you. And so the start of this is really being responsible for what you create, owning it as yours, taking the reins because you can and recognizing that you're the only one that can shift the experience that you're having. And I really want to emphasize that the work that we do here in this space as moms to understand where we're at, create some awareness, and perhaps intentionally move out of some default ways of being into some more intentional ways of living that are more in line with what we're really committed to, that if we don't really do this work, We can try really hard to shift the experience we're having with our kids, but ultimately it's like selling something that you don't believe in. We really got to look under the hood here and understand what's going on so that we can effectively show up how we want and how we're telling people that they should, like our children. Who's guilty? Raise your hand. Who is guilty of telling somebody else to do something that they don't do? I'm guessing all of us. It's so easy to recognize for somebody else, hey, you should go drink some water or you should rest or you should do whatever these things are. And we recognize like, oh, (laughs) but we don't actually do those. So here's what we're looking at is we're actually owning, okay, I got to sell. I got to believe in what I'm selling here. You know, you believe it when you're living it, when you're doing it. So I really want you to be honest with yourself about the three points I'm going to bring. Allow yourself just to wonder, hmm, Am I willing to let some of this stuff go? Am I willing to put in the effort to shift these experiences? My guess is you're already working really hard. And I want you to consider that what I'm asking for you to do, it's actually no more effort. It's no more work. It's just shifting where you're putting your effort and work. Okay, we're going to look through the lens of three different considerations for you to take on, to prepare and be able to experience an enjoyable and even maybe a restful vacation. And for those of you who are like, Kara, I'm not going on vacation, or perhaps your vacation has passed. I want to acknowledge that, yeah, some of us can't get away for a variety of reasons. Perhaps it's a financial limitation. Perhaps your child's not in a space to be able to move outside of the home. And so if the vacation doesn't apply, I want to challenge you with how does this apply? Because actually the points that I'm going to bring kind of apply to everything. So I want you to just really like not let yourself off the hook. You still get to be part of this conversation. So that leads us to our 
first point. Really watching our language. And I do not mean not dropping F-bombs and such. I mean, noticing what is coming out of our mouth that exposes our underlying beliefs. So some examples are have to versus get to. I'll use an example that came up a long time ago with one of my favorite clients. You can be doing the same thing, but if you bring a relationship of have to to something, it's pretty likely you're going to hate it and you're going to resent it. And when you let yourself off the hook and recognize, I actually don't have to. No one is holding a gun to my head and saying, do this or else. Most of the stuff that we're doing, we choose. And even if you say, well, Kara, if I didn't do this thing, then this would happen. You're right. There are natural consequences for doing or not doing things, but you still don't have to. And when we let ourselves off the hook for having to, we get to step into get to, or even choose to, because maybe some of it, you're like, ah, it doesn't seem like a great, I don't get to do this, like, but I do choose to do it. So you can decide which language is appropriate for you. But really the big shift is shifting away from I have to and letting go of that, creating a new story. And the example I'll use is long time ago, one of my clients was describing the shower experience with her daughter. It did not sound like a very pleasant experience. I don't think either one of them was having fun, especially my client. And I started to question her a little bit. Do you really, do you really have to do that? And when she gave herself permission to not do it, to actually truly being willing to not do it, she then decided, oh, actually, I want to do this. I am choosing to do this. And when she shifted that energy there, it didn't mean that there were not still hard moments, but it did mean that my client didn't go into it with resentment and bitterness that she had to. And my friends, that's actually a big shift. No longer did she hate it because she chose to. She didn't feel like someone was forcing her. Another big one is I can't versus I won't or that doesn't work. We'll just simplify it. I can't or I won't. And you're like, that's not a huge difference, but I'm going to say that it is. I can't implies no power. It implies that you don't have a choice. And again, kind of back to the first example, most of us like having choice. Most of us don't like feeling like a victim or like we have no power. And so when we relate to something over and over again, I can't. I can't go out tonight because I have to watch my kids. I can't go to the store because my child's behavior is such that that would just be a disaster. I can't go on vacation because we don't have the budget for it. It's just so limiting. It just stops you right there. It's like period. There's no opening. There's no opportunity. And I want you to consider this small shift in owning where you're at. I won't go on vacation because there's no budget for it. It's a very small, but actually very powerful shift because what it implies is there is a choice. Because ultimately you do have a choice. You could go get 25 credit cards and you could go on vacation, but you're choosing not to do that. Okay. The other language I said earlier is you can either say I won't 
Or sometimes I'd like to say that doesn't work for me. And it's just really owning it again. And I try to be even really careful when someone invites me somewhere and I don't want to go versus I actually can't go. I try just because it's my personal practice to not say, oh, I can't go. I try to just say, oh, it doesn't work for me to go this time. But thank you for the invitation. I don't know. There's something very small in that. But for me, it feels like lying to say I can't when I genuinely just don't want to go. Okay, so those are the two I want you to really focus on, right? Noticing when you say I have to, that's going to be your red flag. When you say I have to, you're going to be like, oh, wait, this is what Kara was talking about. And then you get to get curious about, do I really have to do that? The answer will probably be no. Even if you're like, well, Kara, I'll die if I don't do that. Well, then I would say you actually still have a choice. And probably very likely you're going to choose that you're going to do that because you don't want to die. (laughs) I hope. Okay. So have to versus get to. And I can't versus I won't. Both of these, again, are designed to move you from a disempowered position to an empowered position. On to point two. This one is powerful. And I have a good example because I lived this so clearly a couple months ago. And it has to do with expectations. So I want you to set yourself up for success with what I'm going to call helpful expectations. So expectations are the formula for you being satisfied or dissatisfied. The example I want to give is for those of you that are regular listeners, you'll probably remember that end of May, we had a hospitalization that started out with a visit to the emergency room because I needed to get my son help. And that was where we were starting. But it wasn't an emergent situation. Like it wasn't like, oh my gosh, we have to get here now. It was like, I'm choosing to come here because this is the way that we're going to get help. And so I had a expectation that we would wait for a very long time. Like I almost had this unlimited capacity to be with waiting because I expected that we were going to be waiting. And I have enough point of references for the ER that like waiting is the game. Like the hospital is a a waiting kind of space. And so I just feel like I put myself in a place that waiting's not a problem. That's not a too long. We don't need to get out of here. Like we set it up that we don't have to worry about leaving because we're going to be here till we get help. So that is the expectation that I created for myself and my son. I mean, I couldn't create it for him, but I set the tone. And so I look back and actually we were in the MRI machine. He, he was in the machine. I was in the room witnessing and supporting him for three hours. And at the time I had no access to like the time. So I actually didn't know how long it was going to be. And I love this example because I'm like, wow, I sat in a chair in a cold room with a book I really wasn't that interested in for three hours and it was fine. I wasn't upset. I did get a little bit like, wow, my back hurts and I'm kind of feeling a little bit antsy, but it didn't have the chatter in my brain of like, this isn't right. I can't believe it's going this way. And, and all the things that could potentially come up when we would be kind of not having the expectation of waiting or a different expectation, if you will. 
So that's an example that I, I lived recently that really is just, for me, it's so clear on the power of how we set ourselves up for expectations. So if you do happen to be going on a vacation or any sort of traveling with your child, I think it'd probably be a realistic expectation to not expect to sit on the beach and read a full novel. You're probably going to have to watch children and get up and be asked for food and have to re-sunscreen and do all the things. So create expectations that are also in line with your commitments. This is very much in my mind because I'm trying to picture for myself, like, okay, what am I going to expect for the vacation that we're about to go on? I am going to expect some rest because I have the privilege of having my husband where I can be like, hey, babe, so I'm going to go off for a minute by myself. Yeah, you got the kids? Okay, good. So that is an option for me. I can have the expectation that I may get some solo time to myself and I may get to read my novel a little bit. But when I'm with my kids, my expectation is that I am with them. Hands are full. And uh, that actually has been the experience of my summer so far. I've been basically non-existent on social media. And the reason is my hands are full. I'm like with my kids. And when I'm not with my kids, I'm with my clients. And when I'm not doing either one of those, I'm like, I'm tired. (laughs) I'm just going to like vegetate right now. Let's move on to the third point. And this one was kind of fun, actually. So this one is what I'm calling co-creating, creating what works for you and your child slash family. This one actually was generated because my husband and I were in conversation about anticipating some of the challenges with my son's physical disabilities, as well as medical challenges, as it relates to the vacation we're going on. We happen to be going to Hawaii. And a lot of activities that, like if we just look at my husband and I and my other children, well, some of my other children, we would want to do a lot of hiking or even just light walking to more remote places. And that is not an activity that we can do as a whole family. Our son, Levi, is astutely aware of when he is not able to do what others around him are doing. And he has a lot of feelings about that. I think as we've moved into adolescent years, that has been one of the challenges. It's not like new, like we haven't had it in the last year or so, but it's a part of the stage that we're at that is a hard part for me currently to parent because he's not wrong. He is not able to do some of the things that his siblings do. And so... I think what we realized when my husband and I were talking is that we're going to have to bring a lot of intention and kind of pregame to how we set this up. And so this has a little bit of language in it, like in terms of, I think that we are going to have to be very, very careful to not say, oh, we can't do that because he can't do that. Because that, oh, I mean, just like the language I referred to in point one, as I mentioned, like it just has no power in it. It's just like, thumbs down, boo. And so we, I think, with a little bit of crafting ahead of time, can create something that works for both of us. And the language that we're going to try to use is creating what we're going to call option A and option B. And so I don't know which one A A or B will be, but option A will be a more physically based activity. And option B will be what we'll know to be 
a 100% accessible opportunity for not just Levi, because we we're traveling with some family that have younger kids too. And so we're going to create options so that Levi can choose into something. It's not going to be perfect, right? Like he might see through like, well, I can only do that one. So I'm going to choose that one. <laughs> so I get that this is not perfect, but I think this is a good start. And I think for us, in knowing that we're going to create option A and option B, it's going to require my husband and myself to really look at what we're planning. And the word co-creating is really co-creating what works for our family and which activities we're going to do as a unit, as a family of six, or with my extended family, who's going to be there. And what we will break off into, we'll call them pods to do. Because we do have, like I said, some family going with us, which I think is going to be really, really fun, but also could potentially exacerbate the differences in Levi's abilities. Because even though some of the other children we're going with are younger, the nature of Levi's disabilities, these people have more physical abilities than Levi does. So those are some of the challenges that we are kind of looking at and really trying to co-create and A question that I'm going to be using to guide myself is, given the situation, what works for me? And then by default, for my child. And the reason I like this question is because I want to enroll myself in liking the activity that I'm doing. So I want you to picture this. If I feel like I'm getting left out and have to stay with Levi or stay back with Levi because everyone else is going on this other activity that I'm not sure if I'm going to be the most fun mom to be with. I'm going to feel like, again, that language, I can't, I can't go on that because I have to care for Levi. And so the question for me is given the situation, what works for me is to prompt me into what do I want to do? How can I create something that I want to do with my child? And it may take some effort sometimes to come up with it, but I'm confident that we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out together. And I'm also not expecting myself to do it perfectly. I might feel disappointed sometimes that I am having to create two options for everything. And I will allow that disappointment and give myself what I need in those moments. Okay, so as you know, ladies, it is hard. This is not an easy thing. And so let's not pile on hard on top of hard. Let's not pile on judgment. Or like I mentioned earlier, like the, the language that leads to powerlessness. Let's not pile those on what already is a little bit tricky. And so if you're like, I'm not quite there with you yet, Kara. <laughs> like I am like, I see what you're saying but I'm still just stuck in the, I can't, and I'm a little pissed about it. Or I just don't see a way. I kind of see what you're talking about, but I just don't see a way that both I can have an experience that I want and I can support my child. So wherever you are, I want you to know you're okay. I got you. The best place to start is exactly where you are. I just think it's so important that you don't judge yourself If you are not perhaps at the place where you're asking the same questions that I'm prompting, your journey is completely unique. 
the place that you find yourself is perfect. And if you're like, okay, I'm a little curious to learn more about this whole co-creating thing about being really specific about the language that you use and setting up expectations that are supportive and helpful. And I just wanted to let you know, like, hey, I'm here to help you. This is the work that I do. And I absolutely love doing it. And so reach out, you can just contact me on the website that will be linked on the show notes, as well as you can find me over on the special needs mom podcast on Instagram. And as I mentioned, I haven't been super active during the summer, but I do still get messages. So you can always reach me over there. And if you are going on a getaway, I hope you consider applying the three points that we talked about here. And then let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear the wins that you have. And I'd love to hear areas that didn't feel like wins. All right. We will see you on the next episode. One more thing before we officially, officially wrap up this show. Sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, I have the experience of wanting more. I'm listening at the very end thinking, I sure wish that episode didn't end. I invite you, if you feel in any way the same way, I invite you to the Special Needs Mom podcast community, which is a free group that I host on Facebook, where we as a community of fellow moms who listen to this podcast and are experiencing life in similar shoes, get to talk to one another, get to share stories, get to actually interact. I hope you'll consider joining. See you over there.